0: For the head of Big Ben, all the way back to the two, to the one, and the Browns have it in the end zone, and they dive on the wall and recover it for a touchdown.
1: Not a bad start. It's the
2: gleam, man. It's the clean. got the snap looks right throws right end zone touchdown
3: Anyways, same old browns you it's not the same old browns this is
0: different hey
3: everyone welcome in this is not the same old browns podcast i am your host andy lytle and i'm joined by my awesome co-host as always mr stephen thomas draft analyst for the
2: obr stephen what's going on brother Nothing, just uh with me as always is Buinka, Buinka the Tiki. And as a reminder, <laughs> is very bad steal Buinka's rum. Very, very bad, very bad. bad.
3: Very, very bad, very, very bad. In case oh, in there, I didn't man know that. Absolutely. I hope everyone is well. We're in uh we're it's hump day, <laughs> hump day me. in in between Browns matchups. Here we're obviously gonna be mostly looking ahead to the Browns home opener. Game number two against the Houston Texans. I'm sure we'll rehash a little bit of the uh, opener against the Chiefs, but uh, we got a packed show here for you today. Uh, we're going to be joined by the OBR's beat reporter, the legend himself, Fred Greetham, in hour one, and then in hour two, we're going to be joined by Emmett Golden, host of the Next Level on ESPN Cleveland, eight fifty WKNR. Emmett's going to join us at the eight o'clock hour. Should be a lot of fun. Pack show for you today but a lot of news coming out today actually a little bit a little bit trickling out today and uh yesterday obviously the big obey obj news steve we're gonna go over that with uh fred i'm sure but uh uh how you feeling after the uh are is it is it out of your system the week one loss you feeling feeling better i mean i don't think any of us were heartbroken but i mean i think we all know we let one get away we should have won but uh I'm actually more encouraged after of this team after that game to be quite honest.
2: Yeah, I uh it was out of my system about 5 minutes after the final gun to be honest go. because absolutely they 100% should have not could have but should have won that game and yeah. really as we said for months that's all we wanted to see. Show us you can play. Show us you can go toe to toe with them. Show us you have the tools and the mindset and everything else and and the and the weapons and the athleticism to go with them. And, and whether you come out on top or or, or not it, it, in the long run is irrelevant. Of course, we'd rather have them win, but sure. It, it, let, let's put it this way. If it's an either or situation, if you told me you can have them beat the chiefs once and you can choose either September or January, I don't think it takes a genius to say January is preferable. So yeah. they showed they could uh, Browns were without a couple key guys. Chiefs were without a couple key guys. So there'll be different teams if they meet again in the playoffs. So, um, but a good measuring stick, I think, um, and uh, yeah. should have given this team uh, a lot of, a lot more confidence as well, uh, as well as the fan base. And I know we just had some uh, – it's been a, a, a <laughs> gift-a-thon the last three days here in Sub- September. You guys are Sub- awesome. September, on baby. So go ahead and <laughs> shout them out.
3: Yeah, I got you. Alt-95, NIS, Alt-95, thank you so much for those five. Okay, Count them, five gifted tier one subs to the OBR Twitch community. Thank you so much. What's going on, DadBot? How y'all doing? Mr. Katopka, I see you in there. Bacone, hey Bacone, hey Pacconi what's going on? How, how you doing, huh? Uh, I and, hope everyone... um,
2: I know we're going to talk about – I know we're going to talk with Fred about the uh, the injury report. We're going to see all that kind of – we're going to talk with him about all that kind of stuff. And I saw yeah. – I just want to say real quick, and I'm sure Fred will reiterate it when he mm-hmm. when he comes on with us in a minute or two. Yes, there were like four or five offensive linemen listed as, you know, limited or whatever yes. today. Yes. It was it was rest. I mean, unless it's something you know that happened today, it, yeah. It was I, rest. It's yeah, nothing to uh, worry about. In when
3: I least. take my trash out on Tuesdays, I'm limited at taking yeah. to my trash.
2: <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> so same damn thing. Yeah, we got Fred here coming in uh, here in one, about 30 seconds to a minute. We're gonna pull him in. But I just want to shout out to everyone. Uh, thanks to everyone for um, making the post game show a lot of fun. Even though uh, I think we were all obviously bummed. Uh, about the uh, Browns kind of giving that game away, so but appreciate you guys for uh, being hype in the chat and keeping us uh, keeping us alive and all that. What's going on, Ty Sox? How you doing, friend? What's going on? We got we got. And yes, man. he
2: was he was right about OBJ again. So yes, know.
3: yes. Brad Brad got a lot of lot of lot of grief uh, he knows
2: uh he knows way too many people for a kid his age it's pretty amazing you know it, it's unbelievable so if you guys have uh questions for uh fred for the legend he's gonna he's he's in he's backstage right now we're gonna bring him in pop those in the chat as always fred absolutely will have information and insights from the inside And then, you know, uh, if, if there's anything he doesn't talk about, uh, you guys can obviously ask him some questions. Well,
3: let's bring him in. Let's bring him in the great Fred Greetham, everyone. Fred, happy Wednesday. Happy midweek. I hope you're having a good week. How's it going, my friend?
1: Going great. Andy and Steve, ready to go. Um, getting ready. All eyes on Texas.
3: Yeah. Let's, let's get it. Let's get it. Um, Lot uh lot, lot came out today. Let's we'll just start with let's start with the big news. Uh Kevin Stavansky uh dropped a dropped some juicy information on the status of OBJ. Um tell us what you found out today.
1: Well, yeah, Kevin doesn't, you know, he's very uh he parses his words very carefully. Mm-hmm. So it's a little out of character for him to drop that, you know, news on us usually you have to probe and you know, he's not going to tell you much. So a lot of guys just kind of avoid those things. And he, he offered it. Um, I think part of it was, um, you know, I think they wanted to keep the chiefs guessing, to be honest with you. I think uh, Brad was pretty close to, if not being right on and having it last week. Um, I think there's a little bit, you know, that he's, he sure looks like he's ready to go. The one thing he hasn't been hit and you can't simulate that in practice. Um, I think that um, the Browns people might've thought he was further along than even his own people. And so I think ultimately they're leaving it up to him, but he, I think he's getting some advice that's saying, you know, Hey, let's, let's just play it a little closer to the vest here. And, and, and here it takes it kind of is a big takes the air out of the balloon, so to say. That nobody's like, "Well, is he playing? Is he not playing? Do I put yeah. him on my fantasy team?" Don't you know? And <laughs> <laughs> not that that's the concern. Sure. But um, no, I think that all along, as Brad mentioned, the target I think was the Bears Week Three. I mean, when you think about a, a you know, the injury he had seventh game of the year, first week in October. So it hasn't even been a year yet. And uh, although I just think that it's kind of like what we said, you know, would you rather be playing the Chiefs and winning, you know, in January than now? I think it's the same thing. You want Beckham, you know, 100% at the end of the year. You can't guarantee that. But, you know, early on, this allows Anthony Schwartz to get time and people's Jones and to see what you have there. And I think now that they saw what Schwartz can do, I think that th- they're saying let's give him another week and then hopefully you bring back Beckham. And now you got two field stretchers that you're confident you know in from the get-go. So little surprise, but I think that I think um, Kevin was a little bit tired you know of dancing around that subject, so he just put it to rest. I took some video today at practice of him. Um, You know, he still looks good there. I want you to know there's no setback, you know, he's still jumping on one hand or catching with one hand, jumping on one foot. And, and he really looks good. And I just think that they're just being extra cautious with him, you know, and maybe, maybe this would be okay. Next week's the target. Maybe this would allow him even to kind of, back down and have that all in his sights and, and kind of get ramped up maybe, maybe for next week, you know, who knows? Stefanski wouldn't give a timetable. He wouldn't say, but he did kind of say that when he's ready to go, everybody will know it. So it's almost like if next week he, he says, yeah, he's ready to go is almost the way I take it since he did that today.
3: And I, I listening, I heard Baker. I heard a few of the players uh, talk this week. Um, where how do you think? Because I could tell from the way Baker was t- w- was speaking, the guys were pretty, just to put it bluntly, they were pretty pissed they gave that game away on Sunday. I I just gauge that. Is that kind of what you gauge from the players and they're going to use this as motivation going into this week and not take the 1-0 and Texans, as Kevin Stavansky called them, the 1-0 and Texans, lightly?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wrote a story. It's up on the lead spot on the OBR.com right now on Baker. I couldn't get it up. I kept having – you know, I kept having – Oh no. I'm writing that story and then and then we get the pre practice injury report. Four offensive linemen aren't practicing. Then we get, you know, we go out and talk to Kevin. He gives us the OBJ news. So I'm like, finally got that one up. (laughs) So we got a, a triple header up there today. Love it. But Baker said that and he told the team, he said right after the game, he addressed the team. He said, This stings and it should sting. We cannot lose games like this. Yeah. But I think he's pointing his finger right back at himself because he played a big role in that, you know, even though it was, but it was the drive killer and the game basically. But I think he saw guys hanging their head, you know, in the locker room and he, he, he reiterated it three or four times in his little talk is that it's a fine line. You want to move on but you also want to remember and learn from what that you never want that feeling again. You don't want that feeling if you play them in January, like you did last January, the feeling like, you know, we had a game, we let it get away. They, he totally said they know they would they should have won that game. And uh, so I think it's good. I think that it's good to have something sting with you and not just say, oh, well, we'll get them next time. You know, motivated. I know Nick Chubb's motivated. In fact, Nick Chubb said that Baker's speech kind of spurred him on a little bit. So, um, you know, I think that's good. And it's good to see, you know, him developing, you know, as a leader of that team. And um yes, I think it's all good. I think it's all good, you know, and as far as the Texans, yeah, they were getting a little bit, you know, there's nine Browns ex-Browns on the Texans in fact almost every free agent this year went there right I mean and Christian Kirksey went there too so on defense there's there's three four starters I think Terrence Mitchell Eric Murray Christian Mm -hmm. Kirksey then there's some on offense Pharaoh Brown so Tyrod Taylor Kevin Stefanski yeah. really talked Taylor up today, and uh, and so did Mayfield, that he was a mentor in the short time before he took over as the starter. So, you know, I think that they'll be focused. I think that, you know, <laughs> you know, they're looking at it as we're 0-1 and they're 1-0, and you have this in front of you. You really have no option but to go out there and win little interesting tidbit is that the Browns didn't lose two games in a row all last year. And uh, that was, rem- they were reminded of that a little today. And it just said, you know, you got to almost have that stopper mentality, go out there like a pit and, and not get a, a losing streak because all your, all your goals are dashed. If you get too far buried in the standings early in the year, um, obviously one game, isn't very much, but they need to take care of the games that they should win. And that starts this week. You know, they could, they could focus right in in three, four five weeks. Nobody will really remember much about the 0 one start.
2: Yeah. And the next three games, I mean, you, you, you got to show up every week in the NFL. Yeah. You cannot take anyone for granted that that just no. doesn't happen. If you don't show up, any team in the NFL can beat you. That being said, if the Browns show up and from the attitude that they've shown all off season and all, you know, all preseason and even as far as getting back to practice this week, I fully expect them to show up and handle their business. The next three opponents are probable W's. So, uh, you know, Odell being among those guys, I know uh, Kevin said Grant Delpit had a chance to play. We don't know about Jedrick Wills. Somebody asked about Jedrick Wills uh, uh, in the in the chat. Um you hate to say it this way, but if there's a time to rest guys for another couple of weeks, this is the spot in the schedule
1: to do it. Why ask him about Grant Delpit. Um, Yeah. Probably pick up my voice, you know, as far as we're a little bit away from him with the social distancing, but as far as um, I think this would be a great game to ease him in. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm looking at it different. The chiefs were an air raid and, the Texans are more of ground game. And I think the biggest concern is, you know, with a guy never really been on the field is pass coverage and blown coverage. And, and, you know, in this type of game, I obviously Tyrod Taylor's an NFL quarterback and he's a solid veteran, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. Right. And the last I looked their their skills receivers and their running backs aren't, you know, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, I think this would be great, even if you can just get him out there and get him wet. Remember, the kid's not been on a field for a preseason snap, you know, and I was a little surprised he was inactive last week. But um, Kevin kind of seemed like he was talking him up a bit today. You know, he didn't give the exact standard answer. Yeah, he's working hard. We hope he's back. Right. He, he gave a little few more sentences and I don't know if he was trying to encourage Delpit, you know, by his comments, but I think it would, you know, if he's ready to go. And from what we tell, again, we don't really get to see practice anymore. We see him stretch right. and then we see five to 10 minutes at most of individual drills. And where we're stationed is if you can see by our pictures, we're by the running backs, and the defense is completely on the other side of the field. Mm-hmm. And with my phone, I can't, I can't pick up. <laughs> you can barely see the number if I took anything of them. But but sure. anyway, I think Delpit, you know, would be that this would be a nice week to get him get his feet wet, you know, so maybe yeah. he can kind of because we all saw what happen last week. Uh, obviously Ronnie Harrison's deal was an injury, but that was that was a disaster. I mean, against Killer. Kansas City to, to to lose, basically Harrison and Del Pitt. Um, So, you want to get him? You want to get him in? I think you know that might even lit a fire to say you know, hey, because you don't have a lot of leverage even even if you wanted to do much uh, discipline with Harrison, you don't really have much leverage. You don't have anybody else, especially since Sandejo's was claimed today by the colds or yesterday yeah. so you yeah. can't even go get him just kidding guys
2: <laughs> <laughs> question from the chat here uh from d whalen 927 who's always here uh seemingly every night thank you for doing that. david david and, i see you and uh also a quick shout out thank you og philly for gifting that tier one sub uh to rt 5696 for his second uh consecutive month of subscription. subscriptions thank I just, you guys for doing I, that
3: I, I just fist bumped him. Yeah. I knew.
2: I knew that. Yeah, I knew. Okay. Um, was, yeah. it's a uh, good question.
1: Was done back at
2: practice. Today. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he was. Um, he was down there with the offensive lineman. Again, he was a little too far away, but I had my binoculars and number 68 was <laughs> out there in individual drills. <laughs> he was every other day on the stationary bike. And today he was out on the field. And so, you know, with the, with the four offensive linemen not practicing today, as I think I mentioned, uh, you were talking in the opening. Mm-hmm. It sounded worse than it was. Treader said on Monday when we talked to him, and he was laughing, that he's kind of de- going the Joe Thomas route, where <laughs> he's now at the point where he just kind of is limited every week, meaning he doesn't really practice. Um, probably Wednesdays, maybe Thursdays, he might come back for the walkthroughs on Friday, but that's where he's at. So don't be alarmed when you see Tretter every week on, on the injury report is limited with a knee. He was with an ankle for every week when he had that high ankle sprain and he played every week. Okay. Conklin, not so much, but reading between the lines um, Stefanski was asked if it was more of veteran day arrest for he's listed with a knee injury. Um, I think you could put Conklin in that situation, even though, yeah, he's limited. Um, the one I'm a little more concerned is Jedrick Wells and Chris Hubbard. Chris Hubbard was the, you know, he took over when Wills went down. The only injury mentioned Monday by Stefanski was Wills, and he said he's day to day with an ankle injury. Well, I said, you got to watch, you know, does he practice? I didn't expect him to practice today. Um, I don't know if I expect him tomorrow, but if he doesn't tomorrow, I don't know if he would play in the game. They do have a practice Friday, but usually if they don't practice, they don't play unless it's a JC Treader. But like I'm saying, usually on Friday, he goes through the walkthroughs and stuff like that with them and, it counts as a practice. So we'll see with Wills, but they said Hubbard had a bite or a tricep injury. And he said that was new from the game. So that must've been something that Hubbard came in with or complained about that Stefanski didn't know about Monday. Um, so he both, both Hubbard and uh, Wills were not on the field when during the 20 minutes that we're allowed to watch. We check off everybody on the roster to see who's out there, who's not out there. Um, on the bike was Conklin and Treder. And um, the guys I just mentioned, Hubbard and Wills, were not on the field. So I don't know exactly the situation with them, but we'll see. We'll have to keep an eye on that. They didn't even have – if you look at the roster at tackles, Hudson is the only other tackle – Um, yeah, and when your two starters weren't out there and the starter for the starter Hubbard wasn't out there, you only had one tackle. They do have a tackle on the practice squad, Jordan Streckler, right? Um, so those are the only two tackles that were at practice today. Um, now, if if they if they bring Streckler up, if Hubbard or um Wills can't play, that's probably a logical move. Now, Michael Dunn was practicing, but they've got him at guard. I know he was a tackle in college, so, um, but he's just coming back after about three weeks being off. Well, they got a surplus of interior guys still on the roster, active roster with Blake Hance, Michael Dunn, Nick Harris. But as far as tackles, you only had four, and three of them didn't practice today.
3: Cool. Here's a question. We brought up Delpa. The, the, be a, this game would probably be a good game to get him some reps and break him in. Not a bad question here for LeCount. Not a bad game to uh, maybe get him some more reps, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, against the Chiefs, they when Harrison went down, I know MJ Stewart, who'd been – I actually mentioned it, I think, in the, in the pregame, that he had been cross-training at safety. I think it's because he's a veteran and just – you know, knows what to do out on the field a little bit more. I don't know if long-term he's mm-hmm. the answer, but as far as um, they they just have the four safeties, and Stewart is kind of like the swing fifth one. So if if Delpit isn't ready to go, you know, you'll see like last week. I think LeCount, I don't know how many snaps he got, but he did get some experience, and I think I think he's got some upside, and I think ultimately he's going to be the – fourth safety and he'd be ahead of Stewart but but right now yeah if if Delpit doesn't go you might see more and more Richard LeCount this week because like you said it's a more run-oriented offense and sure they're not gonna have to fear blown assignments as much as you would in passing game
2: yeah, and there was another question about uh, Richard Lecount. Uh do, do you think he sits? If is he inactive, if Delpit is active? Right. Uh, my thought is, and then we will get your thoughts on it, Fred. I, I don't think so. Unless you're confident that Delpit can be full bore and play 60, 65 snaps, right. I don't think you want to sit LeCount because then if something goes wrong, then you have no safeties, you know, then you're down to MJ Stewart again. So if they're going to play him but it's going to be you know 15 20 25 snaps just to get his feet wet I think you need to have LeCount active too uh in that now, I don't know who would sit off the top of my head I have to look at the roster who would be inactive yeah. but uh in that case yeah um your thoughts uh, I I don't think it would be uh LeCount going inactive if Delpit is if Delpit plays do you Fred
1: no I think that he's he's got himself on special teams and uh you know and I think that that would be, you know, they, they saw how quickly it changed, you know, and they thought they were in good shape, and then you had the who counts on an ejection on the fifth play of the game. <laughs> but, no, I think LeCount, you know, actually, if they had a full complement, um, I think, you know, it could could inactive Stewart, but if they feel more confident in him because he can do both, but you've got AJ Green, who's who was kind of in the fifth corner role. I don't know. It could even be, it could even be on the defensive line. I don't know how many. I mean, Togi was inactive. He mispracticed today. You know, probably that scenario will continue for a few games, you know, and see how it plays out. I was a little, you know, on the, for on the depth chart, they have gone ahead and made the move, and the two Malik's are the starters now at tackle. Um, they had been going and listing Billings as the starter, but he, you know, he might be dropping on the depth chart. I don't even remember him doing a whole lot the other day. So, yeah, it, it uh, again game by game. This would seem to be more of a running oriented team. And so you might have a, more of a role for Billings in the run stopping game, and and uh, who knows? I mean, this is the kind of the this is almost you know without studying these teams, but what it looks to me is almost the polar opposite of last week's team. You know, this is a team that wants to run the ball, be real physical, right. at the point of attack, whereas the Chiefs were you know hmm. wide open, yeah, all air raid. <laughs> Yeah. air raid. And so, <laughs> so th- we'll see if they change their approach. But as far as um, I saw somebody ask about JOK, you know, I think that I think they're just trying to make sure he knows, you know, what he's doing because they don't want to give him an assignment and he blows the assignment. It costs him a touchdown. And so I think, I think that was why they weren't as aggressive with him last week. I think he'll get more and more of a feel and, you know, ultimately, you want to see him running around like he did, free and easy, against Jacksonville. Obviously, last week wasn't against Jacksonville, and neither's this week. So, yeah, you know, we'll see as he comes along. And I think the more he gets comfortable, the better that will bode for the defense. Yeah, well, the
2: Texans run a lot of uh, RPO stuff. Their their yes. offense is similar in style and structure to the Ravens, Baltimore. Um, Uh, They rely on a um, dual-threat athletic quarterback to keep you honest during the RPO uh, uh, stuff, and uh, I think it would be a good spot for JOK, all of them really, but a good spot for JOK to get uh, sort of a warm-up act for those Ravens games uh, in a couple of months because it's such a unique offense. Now, obviously, he's not Lamar Jackson, and the tight ends and receiving weapons are not the same that the Ravens are going to run out there. That's not what we're saying. But in style and structure, especially if you watch – Uh, Some of the highlights and stuff from last week when they played the Jags, they do a lot of similar, they try to do anyway, a lot of similar things, Um, shotgun, two backs, RPO, you know, all that stuff that's become more popular lately. So as far as specifically answering the question about JOK, it could be a a good time to get him in there, especially in the first half. um, And see if he knows, see if he understands, see if he can read the RPOs, because that's You know, that's one of his uh, strengths is recognizing and reacting. And once he reacts, once he sees it, once he sees a play, whatever it is, he's a blur. He gets that he gets there in a heartbeat. So it would be good for him to get in there. It might even be good for him to get burned once or twice. Not to score, obviously, but (laughs) learn your lesson now against Terod Taylor rather than going thrown into the deep end of the pool with Lamar Jackson a couple of months from now for the first time.
1: Absolutely. You know, so that's, I think that's where, especially on the defense, they're trying to find their way in the scheme and, and, you know, and, and Joe Woods is also trying to see the best way to use these guys. Um, It's, it's kind of hard to gauge it against the chiefs, you know, when, when you got like, we've talked about that high powered offense. So I'm anxious to see the adjustments they make this week. And, and see more. I think Malik McDowell will only get better and better as he, you know, gets accustomed to the NFL. And and I'm sure that he was gassed the other day, you know, never really playing in five years. You can be in shape and not football shape. And right. And so so it will be I think this defensive work in progress, you definitely have the parts. And now it's getting them all in the, in the exact right spots. Talked to Anthony Walker today and Malik Jackson. They both talked about, you know, coming together and they think it'll be sooner than later. And, and uh, so the, the scheme's not going to change a whole lot. They said this, that's our scheme. It's just different packages and different, you know, personnel adjustments as they go. Well, Fred,
2: we uh, we normally do this right at the top, but we had some questions about, you know, we wanted to lead off with Odell and everything, and then we, we've we been going for a good uh, solid 20 minutes here, which has been fantastic. But uh, we're going to give you the floor, as we normally do. If there's anything we haven't touched on yet, what do you know? What have you heard? What can you tell us? Uh, some stuff that happened today that you saw or people that you talked to and everything when you were in Berea?
1: Well, out of the news in that, you know, I covered and talked about with the, with the injuries. I, I think, I think if I read between it, I think Conklin and Treader. Okay. The biggest question will be, well, you're going to do at left tackle, you know, as far as on um, as far as hearing things, I think that truly um, they, they I'm getting the the sense of the guys I talk to that they're very confident that, they have the they have the pieces and the in the systems and the coaching staff and everything to you know to put together a winning streak and and get this game behind them. I don't think they took away at all that, you know, they choked down the stretch. I feel like this 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 game will only um strengthen their resolve in in Hopefully, they come out and take it out on the Texans. But they're excited to play in front of the home crowd. I really think that will be – I really expect them to come out. You Remember, this group has really never played in front of a full house. There was 6,000 people at some of the games last year. Then they raced it to 12,000. But this team, this team, this fan base is ready to welcome a playoff team that they never really had a chance to see in person or really even cheer for. So I expect it to be loud and thunderous and, um, and, and a chance for them to really, you know, turn it on, you know, against a team that has a new coach, pretty much a turned over roster and, and they have a chance to, you know, to really stick it to the Texans. Now, with that being said, a lot of those guys playing were kind of cast off, meaning the Browns didn't really offer them or want them to come back here. And so you know how that goes when, you know, guys return to play against a team that let them go. They, they're they playing their A game, and and the Browns just need to take it to them and not let the Texans, you know, hang in there. So not a lot other – I did hear, hear some things, but not really ready to – you know, to talk about it publicly. Um, Brad's got some things. Be watching, be watching in Rumor Central for that. If you're a subscriber, of the OBR.
2: Yeah, I think uh, you know. I think you saw the respect on both sides in their pressers today. Um, of course, you always want to go back and beat the team you used to play for, but it doesn't feel like it's a um revenge game or a blood there was no bad blood between the browns and tarod and as far as i know there was no bad blood between him and the browns and kirksey or any of the rest of them it was just a business decision so i'm sure they want to come back and win of course they do but it's not like it's a i don't know some kind of hatred feud and i think if you look at it uh, you look they gave up um a decent amount of yards to Trevor Lawrence uh, and the Jags. Now, a lot of that was in the second half after they had a 20-point lead, obviously, but they did show some things where they can be beat. And if you look at the Browns' efficiency on offense last week, all that stuff we talked about in the offseason, the second consecutive year in the same system, second consecutive year with mostly the same weapons, all that stuff showed up on the field last week because if you think about week one last year, when it was everything was new, they had no offseason to prepare. It was very herky-jerky all in week one. And then eventually they grew this year. I mean, they came out firing on all cylinders. So again, unless there's some kind of wacky weather or they put the ball on the ground, a bunch or something mm. like that. I, I, if they come up, if they show up and play their game, I think this will be a relatively uh, smooth path to a victory. And then, like you said, Fred, when you throw in the first home crowd in two years, and you know first energy stadium is going to be as jacked as i have ever seen first energy stadium come on sunday i fear for people in the muni lot actually on sunday morning (laughs) Um, I, I really think <laughs> I'm steering clear cause I'll be there, but I'll be in the pit. <laughs> I really think, um, that, uh, the Texans are, are in for, we're going to take them out to behind the woodshed, uh, on Sunday. That's really what I think is going to happen. So, um, I, I, think there's a question in here. Um, if, if Jed can't go, which I'm expecting Hubbard will probably get the start at left tackle. But I think with what you mentioned on the depth chart, um i mean blake hands played some tackle last year in kansas city i know michael dunn can play tackle uh if they have to but they might have to keep hudson active even though they really don't want to is that probably the way they're going to have to go if uh if jed is truly out for this week
1: yeah i would think so um And if he's not 100%, I see him being inactive because, again, they don't want to compound it and and be a long-term injury. If he truly is day-to-day, Stefanski reiterated that today, that all these guys are day-to-day. But I don't think you want to mess around and throw Conklin over on the left side or move Bentonio out there. I mean, there's things they could do, but I think – you know, right now they probably, with a triceps, unless it's torn or something like that, you would think, you know, Hubbard might not have the mobility, but I think, you know, he should be able to to play. Um, it's different, I think, your arm than your leg being able to move. So, but we'll see. I mean, I don't, I have no idea, you know, with that. But I do think you got to, you can't be that thin if you don't have uh, wills up you you only have three tackles active right. if you have hudson you know in any injury during the game then you have a domino effect anyway so um it would be interesting to see what they think of uh was it the kid from the practice squad struckler if they activate him bring him up you're allowed to bring up two guys from the practice squad right. and Put them in the mix. Make your roster fifty-five on Saturday, and then you can, you know, buy time before you have to decide Sunday for the for those who are active. So, anyway, yep, they've had some guys. You know, that's what's interesting. When Greg Sanat was waived injured, and Alex Taylor, guys that were with him throughout training camp, you know, they haven't they haven't brought any of them back yet. So, sure. That tells me it's not serious to the point where they they're looking you know for answers, so hopefully that's the case, and we'll go from there, but I think Hudson, yeah, has a you know good chance to to be active this week he's just gotta he's gotta step up and and be ready to go
2: absolutely. A couple of questions in the chat have been about uh, uh, Davian Davis, the guy that's currently suspended. This one from our good friend, Ty Sox15. Thanks for always being, uh, hanging around and uh, watching every night and, and throwing stuff in the chat, being active, Ty Sox. Uh, roster crunch next week with OBJ and Davian Davis. Personally, I don't think so. Uh, I think Davian Davis is 50 50 at best. Uh, To be brought back I think they're going to release him Hopefully get him back on the practice squad Um, You know there could be a couple of injuries At wide receiver this week that changed The the math there but the math Basically remains the same as when He was here in the preseason with the exception of Kadero Hodge everybody that was In front of him on the depth chart is still In front of him on the depth chart so Dropping one of these Guys um, for a guy Like Davian Davis I don't see It happening your thoughts on Davian coming Back Fred
1: yeah, as far as they have the two-week exemption, I don't know if they have are forced to make him over, if you can keep him on the suspended list. I don't think you can. But, yeah, I think they would probably release him and hope to bring him back on the practice squad. Um, it'd be interesting to see. I think they feel he's ahead of Jamarcus Bradley, and if they do, then they would bring him back probably and replace Bradley in the practice squad. Or or drop somebody else. But um, right now, Rashard Higgins is probably the lowest on the totem pole because Schwartz and Peoples-Jones have moved ahead of him, at least in a game like last week. Because you didn't have OBJ, you assume he's going to go right in the starting lineup. So you can see already, you know, Landry and Beckham, and Peoples, Jones, and Schwartz are the top four. Usually, you don't play too many more than four. Higgins would probably be five right now. We know that's kind of how it was last year, and yep. even the year before. And he ended up being right in the in the mix, you know, through attrition as the season went on. But yeah, I don't think right now they they feel. And you got Demetric Felton, who's on the roster, who is a de facto wide receiver. So I cannot see him, adding Davis you know, to the roster and unless they're going to cut somebody that I mentioned like Higgins and I don't think they feel he's, he's there right now. I see it more like you just said release and then hope to bring back on the practice squad. If nobody brings him up, he wasn't on a roster before he was on the Vikings practice squad. So maybe somebody says, Hey, he's the guy. So, um, but I don't think that's an area they're concerned. If you cut Codero Hodge, you know, you can live with letting Davian Davis go. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, and again, the fact yeah. that I'm that I'm saying this, that I, I think it's 50 50 at best. It's not a, a slight against Davian Davis. He no. did everything he was asked to do in the preseason and did probably more. Yeah. But again, it's just a numbers game. There's only so many chairs when the music stops. And I don't think he gets one in that wide receiver room.
3: And they very much seem to like Jamarcus
2: Bradley as well. So,
3: who's on the PS right now? So,
2: yeah, it's, yeah, it, it, it's a
3: full room there.
2: And a couple of questions have come across uh, here in ATI on the OBR.com and in Twitter and some other places. Um, you know, once OBJ comes back, does that mean Schwartz goes back to the bench? I think, uh, Fred, and we'll, we'll get your answer here in a second. I think that um, if that was the plan originally, and as much as Schwartz played last week, I'm not at all sure that it was. But if it was, what Anthony Schwartz showed last week in Kansas City may be having them rethink that because uh, they sent David Njoku deep quite a bit. They used his speed. They sent Schwartz deep quite a bit. And we saw how much it opened up the underneath of the field. Now, if you add a third uh, guy who can threaten the deep part of the field in Odell, you imagine Odell on the right, Schwartz on the left, uh, um, um, Chief detached from the line and also heading deep. And then you've got the backs coming out of the backfield and whoever your other, you know, Jarvis you know, run an eight yard drag route or, you know, something across the middle. I think there's just too many opportunities to create separation, not only for themselves, but for other people, but by having multiple packages that include Schwartz and Odell. So I I mean, he, he may lose snaps. He may go back to the bench um, once Odell comes back, but I'm not at all sure that that's the way it's going to go. Fred, your thoughts on
1: that? I tend to agree. I mean, I thought they might have a package for him you know, limited. He missed the most of training camp. He didn't really come back from that hamstring till the last pre the last week of the preseason. They threw him out there to get him a little bit of uh, experience. And I still thought he would be he might even be inactive for that right. game. But they made him one of the feature part of the offense. And I think part of it was to see, you know, see what he can do. And you can imagine now, I think they are enamored with speed on defense and offense. And with Beckham, and like you said, you put Schwartz on the other side. Now you got two guys on the outside they can take the top of. And I think that's where Jarvis Landry feasts underneath because mm-hmm. now he isn't on the outside. He's he would be on the slot or on the inside. And like you said in they have they have an they have so many weapons and you saw Baker was able to pick around and find them. So I think Schwartz is going to be a big part. Um, they drafted him in third round. Think about this of all the moves in the offseason, Every move was made on the defensive side of the ball. He was the first move they made on offense, the third round draft pick. Yeah. They didn't sign any free agents unless you want to count Greg Senat or somebody that, you right. know, yeah. wasn't even in the plans. Um Schwartz was their first move and Felton was like the second move. Well, Hudson I guess. Yeah. Those three guys are the only real additions they made to the offense. So I think all along Schwartz is is they have big plans for. And I think that, you know, that might be why you don't see as much Higgins. If Schwartz were not to be able to handle it, then they got Mr. Reliable, but they like that speed and they know that secondaries only have so many speed guys. And if you can <laughs> mismatch and find, you know, a four or two guy on one and, and I don't know what Beckham's running now, but you put those guys somebody's going to be open and it's going to create yeah. these other things and I think Najoko I got a story coming out on him tomorrow I think he's moving right to the top of the list and yeah. and I wouldn't be surprised if they decide he's the long-term answer here absolutely and not necessarily Hooper yeah and absolutely. and but but I think they can coexist. But you got Brian yeah. as well. But but as far as no, I just think they like the way the, the chemistry's coming. And like you said, the size and the speed helps all the way around and you can't have enough of that. So I think Schwartz is here to stay, you know, unless he has an injury or something. But that's the idea. If you have Beckham Schwartz, you know, and and Landry, if somebody's dinged up, you still have a couple other big weapons. Sure. People's Jones. We haven't even talked to him. I thought he was going to be, he was the phenom of training camp in the preseason. He started and he got one target. So (laughs) he could be the guy that goes off this week.
3: Right. Right. Uh, Here's the question. Let's get you one or two more friend. And I, I I don't want to keep you too long, but I, you, you're such a, you're a trooper, man. I appreciate you. Um, How is Jamie Gillen doing? Any word on how he's dealing with everything? And honestly, I'll add on to that. You know, I think we all know Jamie Gillen wasn't – he was okay last year, but I, I think there there, there, was, uh, there wasn't a lot of progression last year. There was, I would say, regression, honestly. Um Where do you think they view him right now? And is he – I don't want to say he's on the hot seat because it's just he dropped a snap and he should have kicked it. He made a mistake. It happens. But yeah. if he doesn't start booting the ball like he did year before last – you know are they maybe
1: looking at doing something there yeah i don't know you know they never brought in any competition for him you know the year he was made the team they had a pro bowl punter you know in colquitt and they went with the you know the undrafted rookie showed a lot of promises a rookie and last year really did drop off he did have some covid issues yeah but the special team coordinator, Mike prefer, you know, we talked to him about him and he's in training camp. He said, he's really got to step it up. He's got to be better for us. And so far, you know, he's kicked okay in training camp. They've only had the one game. He didn't have a lot of opportunity. He had one and he, and he whiffed. Um, I don't know how they view that. They didn't bring anybody in. And it's, it's kind of hard with roster to bring a, a punter in to be on the practice squad. Um, So I still think they believe in him, but you know, it's, I I have to think he got a, he got a pretty good chewing out on that, knowing that you can't just try to take off on four, two edge cornerbacks that are rushing. You have to, even if you just do the rugby thing and, and whack it and it only goes, 15 20 25 yards at least they're starting on the 40 instead of right. the 15 so right so yeah that was just a fiasco all the way around but i i think that you know they still believe in him and they're not by any stretch ready to give up on him but if 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 he struggles he hasn't really even punted, so you don't really know. You know the, the offense keeps
3: putting up six every drive. We don't. We might yeah, not. And they might not it. even
1: punt. They might just go for it. You <laughs> yeah, know, same way with go. field goals. You know, go for two every time and right. and hope you're one out of two. That's the same. And you know, same way in fourth down, just go for it and don't worry about the field goals. So, yeah, yeah. I'll, I think those things will work themselves out, but right now, we'll see.
3: Well, Fred, I appreciate you coming on. I didn't want to keep you too long. Um, I always say I'm, I'm going to keep Fred 20 to 30, and then it turns into 35, then 40, then 45, and I just can't get enough, Fred. I, I don't know what to say.
1: Time flies when you're having fun.
3: You ain't lying, my friend. Well, enjoy the, enjoy the rest of the week, and uh, we got uh, OBR Weekly tomorrow. You're going to be there tomorrow, right?
1: Tomorrow at 7, yes. I'll have everything ready to go fresh from camp. OBR Weekly, myself and Barry McBride
3: lfa himself ready to go all right sounds good fred uh enjoy enjoy the rest of the week and uh, we'll be tuning in tomorrow at 7 p.m for obr weekly thanks again thanks again for joining us fred
1: thank you guys the
2: legend everybody
3: the legend himself man there's some good stuff in there
2: um yeah a couple we got uh some things we can do we've got a few minutes before um uh, Emmett uh, joins us here. A few questions in the chat that we didn't have a chance to get to. This one, uh, specifically for me, so I'll yes. just get it real quick. From yeah, my friend Ty Sox was round three early for Schwartz at the time? No, I think that I think he went right. I, I thought he might have gone a little bit earlier, to be honest. Uh, but I thought he went right about where he was supposed to go. Um, yeah. he, he had some things to work on, he still has some things to work on as far as the finer points of the game, as you would expect from any rookie his releases need to get better, his ball yes. tracking needs to get better, his route running needs to get sharper, all that kind of stuff. But you can't teach 4-2, okay? You just can't <laughs> teach it. So if you're going to have to try to teach a guy the finer points of the wide receiver position, I'd rather have a guy that's 4-2 who can catch the ball than a guy who's 4 five and a half. even though 4 five and a half is plenty fast enough if you're a good route runner in the NFL. So, no, I thought he went right about where he was projected most of the time, which is – Especially in last year's draft yeah. cycle, with how weird it was, was was very difficult uh, to project on a lot of guys.
3: Well, and, and and with today's NFL, you know the way the game's changing offensively. Guys with that speed at the wide receiver position, they're not going to get outside the the top one hundred. It's just it's just not going to happen. You know this. Uh, there was a question there about about. Uh, uh, let me find it. It was about. Uh, najoku getting more snaps than hooper see Mm -hmm. they run a lot of two tight end sets so this is you know they they're both always gonna get a lot of snaps alts thank you for gifting
2: those five subs my friend
3: appreciate that i think it was five
2: five more and then uh uh uh, kevin kevin cycle 18 with the Prime uh, Subscribed zone. with Prime. Thanks, you guys, for doing it for the second month. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, and thank you for the question, Holmes AB. I appreciate that. Um, I I haven't seen the actual snap counts. Uh, I don't dig into that. It doesn't really interest me as much as it does some other people. Um, so I don't know if he actually did get more. I imagine that he got more, and there's a simple reason for that. He's a better tight end. I, I mean, he's yeah. he's more athletic. He's He's yeah. got more upside. He can – And that's not a slight against Austin Hooper. I said this the other night. I said this either last night or the night before. And I said this, uh, I'll say it again. If you watch the game again, you can see Austin Hooper runs the more traditional tight end routes, curl flat, drags across the middle, short hooks because he doesn't have the deep speed. And he runs
3: those routes well.
2: He is. He's a really good tight end. That's why they signed him. Um, He made some great catches uh, again, like he did in January. Um, So he's. And he's he's not plotting, he's not like he's a tackle no. running out there, but he but David is legit fast. And so yes. if you saw exactly. Austin exactly. got a lot of targets in the five to ten yard range. Najoku had at least three off the top of my head, 20, 25, 30 yards down the field, because he can do that. Not a lot of tight ends in the league can do that on a consistent basis. He can also run the traditional tight end routes, he can he can run the drags and all that kind of stuff, no problem. But if you got a guy that big. And that strong, who can go up and out-muscle defensive backs like he can on a regular basis, and he can threaten the deep portion of the field, that's where you're going to utilize him. So I right. think the two of them, especially like Andy said, in the two tight end sets that they run, they complement each other well because they can threaten exactly. different different levels of the field. And Harrison Bryant, I think, is more in the Najoku range. I don't think he has the speed. He definitely doesn't have the size and the rocked-up build. Uh, but I think he's more of that kind of a threat Um, than than a Hooper type of uh, uh, threat, but he can do both. and The fact that he has another year where he can be the third guy and they're not counting on him I think is a blessing for him in the long term because after next year uh, when Austin Hooper's contract is uh, uh, easy to get out of, I think if Harrison Bryant continues to pro- pro- uh, progress at the rate he is now, I think he will be ready to take over, and then they'll slide another young guy into the tight end three spot behind him and David Njoku. That, that's just what I see. That Of course, yeah. you know, it's two years away, so anything can happen between now and then, but that's how I see it going.
3: Sure, and at the end of the day, the Browns have two really good tight ends, in my opinion. I mean, they do. Uh, Hooper. While Hooper's numbers have not been... Uh, what they were in atlanta they have not been in cleveland what they were in atlanta i mean he was used completely different in atlanta Yeah. Uh, i mean he got almost 90 balls uh in atlanta that one year so you know it's it's they're gonna have decisions to make at the end of the season no doubt uh obviously we is a, a free agent to be and uh and hooper you know is making 11 12 million a year so th- there are there are decisions to make um and they'll make them but while we got both of those guys, hey, I, especially in this offense that, that Kevin wants to run, I'm glad we have both of these dudes, man, because it's like you said. You nailed it. They, comp- they complement each other very, very well
2: with their skill sets. Yeah, absolutely, and that was on purpose. I, I yeah. absolutely believe that yeah. was on purpose. wasn't you an accident. <laughs> and it leads into this uh, uh, from here from uh, El Toro AP. Thank you for being uh, part of the OBR Twitch. Thank you for throwing this uh, up there like most of our position groups. Great mix of skills and versatility. A B is good at this GM gig. Yeah, he's a little bit smarter than we are, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. he, he he's slightly smarter than we are about this kind of stuff. But my point was going to be, and this is a, uh, this led me to to the thought: you can see not only at tight end but at all of them, he tries to put together a room that complements each other. He doesn't just sign three tight ends. That you know, because right. in that case, sometimes you get guys that double up on the same skill set, and, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. He, it's kind of like putting together a bullpen in baseball. Sometimes. Yes, of course, you want the big flamethrower to come out and close it out in the ninth. You want the Mariano Rivera. But from the middle of the sixth through the eighth, you got to have four or five different guys. That's why you see the, the left-hander that comes in, picked to one guy. What a great gig that is, huh? Um, and you know, then you got the hold guy that comes in in the eighth, that kind of stuff. And it's similar to putting together a wide receiver room and a tight end room. You've got yeah. Schwartz and Odell, who are your flamethrowers. Those are the guys that yes. can blaze down the field. Then you've got your setup guys. So you you got Jarvis Landry, who works best underneath. He's never going to run away from a defensive back in the NFL. That's not his game. That's not what he does. He does other things, and he does them well. The tight ends... Uh, Do Austin Hooper does the similar things The the backs out of the backfield work in the shorter areas. They all complement each other well. So there's no part of your offense that you go, boy, you know, in the red zone, if we only had a a back who could do this or if we (laughs) only had a tight end who could do this. They have them. Okay, it's just a matter of executing when they go out there. And that's it's it's the difference between putting together a roster and putting together a room. And that's what Andrew Barry has done every step of the way so far. I mean, he doesn't hit on 100 percent. Nobody does. But you can see the thought process and the planning in every single move that they've made in the last year and a half since this group took over.
3: Sure. And uh, guys, definitely keep those questions coming. I see a few more I'm going to highlight right now. Um, Emmett Golden is going to be joining us from ESPN Cleveland. He's going to be coming on. He just messaged me. He might be about five minutes late. Uh, He's supposed to come on at the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, But we're going to be joined by Emmett Golden, host of The Next Level on ESPN Cleveland. We'll be joined by him very soon. Keep this question coming. Do you guys think Stefanski will have a tough time keeping Higgins engaged with his drop on the depth chart?
2: I don't think so. Um, And if he does, they'll move on. That's the way this locker room is now. That's the way this organization is. There's no more Dwayne Bowes. Okay. There's no more. This roster is overflowing. Okay. We cut rosterable players. We cut numerous rosterable players at the end of camp. This isn't four or five years ago with where if you have a shred of promise, you get a spot on the 53 because there was (laughs) nobody else. I mean, there were, they were bad guys. I mean, let's, yeah. let's remember they were really bad. A few, just a few short years ago. Now they're one of the best rosters in the entire NFL. So if you're, and I, and I'm, let me say this. I don't think this is what Hollywood Higgins is going to do. I am not suggesting that, but I, it, the question was posed. So if, and I don't think it's going to happen, but if Rashard Higgins uh, becomes some kind of uh, a malcontent or you know, whatever word yeah. you want to use, yeah, they'll move on. They'll, they'll be able to get something in a trade forum, nothing huge, but they'll, they'll move on or they'll just let them go because this locker room last year, that one and know every week stuff that, that we heard in the, in the media, they bought it. That wasn't just something that they said in press conferences. You could see it in their attitude and their actions. And then it carried over into the way they attacked the offseason. They were all business this offseason And they were all business in camp and in the preseason. And frankly, they were all business Sunday in Kansas city. They expected to win that football game. There wasn't a lot of whooping and dancing right. when they were up uh, nine and driving in the fourth quarter, they weren't like, Oh my God, look at what we're doing. <laughs> they expected to be Damn there. Right. And they, it, it, a lot of that in the locker room emanates from six, he demands excellence from himself. Yep. He expects nothing from everybody else that he doesn't expect from himself. But if you don't, if you don't deliver, this is like the Patriots locker rooms under Brady back in the heyday. Yeah. You don't deliver, you're gone. We'll find I, love Baker, who does. I love Baker, man.
3: I love Baker. That's see, that's just it. Like his, his, everything he said in a couple of press conferences since then, since, since Sunday, man, that's my leader, man. That's my quarterback, bro. That's just how I feel. That that's this is what we've been waiting for for twenty years, and, and I still got to listen to people ask if he's the guy. It's like just let the season play out. Just let it play out.
2: Mm-hmm. You played arguably he played one of the best games of his career on Sunday. You agree with that? Oh, if if uh, until he got tripped and threw the interception, yeah. I think it was the best game of his career. Yeah, honestly, I do. Uh, yeah. I'm not the most yards. Uh, I mean, I'm the no, stats. He even threw a single touchdown. Yards. Didn't throw a touchdown or anything, but the command of the game, the command of the team, the command of the yes. stadium. He was just business, man. I mean, it, it was it was almost like watching Brady. You watch Brady drop back, and he's he's so mechanical, you know. Option one, not there, that means I go here. Option two is not there, that means I go uh-huh. here. Okay, that guy's open, I'll throw him the ball. That's and there's no craziness or franticness about it. Now, Baker's feet are jumpier than Tom's, but they're they're not panic feet that's just what he does and you can see it he's just going through his progressions and whoever's open that's who's going to get the ball and i think that emanates throughout the rest of the locker room he is their leader they take their cues from him and you could see it in the rest of the team nobody was jumping around nobody was you know wild they were just like okay we're here to win a football game let's go win it yeah yeah uh, from Relamar, who uh, uh, I will remind everyone was our winner of the Houston Texans uh, tickets last week right here. Uh, we, he will be at the game at First Energy this Sunday, courtesy of the OBR Twitch. Uh, uh, I, oh, wait a minute. Sorry. I, I clicked the wrong one. Uh, here there it is. He, Relamar was answering the question from John yes. Smith United. That's uh, It scrolled right when I clicked. <laughs> <laughs> it happens yeah.
3: to me all the time. If you ever see me click. Pop one up and I take it down immediately. It's because of what you just did. Yes. Old guy I,
2: shakes his fist at technology. Um, I've been there. Thoughts on the Ravens being higher than the Browns in the latest power rankings? <laughs> I, I'm going to put this as succinctly as I can. Who cares? I, I don't care. I'm the Hoofa King. Hoofa King cares. You man. I, I really yeah. don't care. If they don't. They don't want to. They don't want to respect the Browns. That's fine. It, it makes no difference to those guys in that locker room. So it makes no difference to me. You go stack a bunch of Ws, then they'll move them up in those rankings. Uh, who cares i mean it's it's fun to argue with other fans from other fan uh, fan bases on social media about this kind of stuff but yep. in the end the, the only thing that matters is 60 minutes on sundays absolutely i think our
3: guest is ready i think our guest is ready guys we're gonna bring in uh our next guest here he is you can catch him on weekday afternoons on espn cleveland 850 wknr and the land he is host of the next level his name is of course Emmett golden Emmet, what's up man thank you so much for joining us my friend what's up guys thanks for having me I'm excited dude um so you I've been listening to you a long time man I really have I, I go back to the three deep days um Just way back yeah that's that's way back <laughs> that is way right. back one thing I've always and I, I asked I had Ken I had Ken Carmen on uh a couple months ago, a few months back. I asked him the same question because I always gauge the same thing from him that I've always gauged from you. You love radio, don't you? Yeah. You're yeah, in I, love with I mean you're in
0: love with it. I can that's yeah, that's yeah. what I gauge from well, you. Well, I mean, I had to fall in love with it because I didn't grow up that way. You know, sure. I always tell the story where my dad used to listen to K and R all the time and I hated it. I would you know, like, beg him to put on music. You know, I absolutely hated it. Um, And, you know, once I decided, did some self-evaluation and figured this was something that I wanted to give a shot, once I got in that environment and really started to learn and understand um, things about radio, then I did just kind of fall in love with it. I I love doing shows. I love being around people uh, and talking to them. So, yeah, I, I learned to love it, but I'm definitely in love with it.
3: Well, I appreciate you taking time out of your evening, uh, taking time away from your family and your Xbox to join us tonight. I appreciate you for that.
0: I just got some VC too, so. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You've you been playing some 2K lately. Is that what we're hooked on right now? A little bit, yeah, yeah. the yeah, okay. Madden
0: League, and we you know we kind of play um, play once or twice a week. It's not, you know, high like really intense. But yeah, I just got 2K last week and got tired of my guy <laughs> being terrible. You know, so I had to get some VC. <laughs> sure.
3: And you're you're I know you're super busy because you got uh not only are you obviously the host of your show, you do national shows on Saturdays mm-hmm. for ESPN. Uh you're a football dad right now, aren't you?
0: Absolutely. Like I'm actually more of a football dad than I'm a radio host right now, you know, <laughs> or anything else. I absolutely love it every day. You know, I, I get off the air at five o'clock and I fly down uh cedar so i can get to cleveland heights and watch the last hour of uh practice and then fridays i just absolutely love watching those boys and, and you know and obviously my youngest son play football man i love it
2: uh, have yeah they been as, a, uh, as a former uh, uh well uh, still a dad but a, a former uh, <laughs> a former uh, dad. athlete i dad. used to be one and then i threw him the hell out yeah, that's right <laughs> yes and she's gone <laughs> but as uh, as a former athlete dad, uh, I, I totally understand what you just said. It feels like uh, you, you cover the high school games more than you than the, the team that you're getting paid to cover. So yeah. my advice to you is one who is now she's out of the house and, and I'm an empty nester now. Savor this moment, man. It sounds like you're enjoying every second of it because, man, like that. And yeah. Gone and you don't get that anymore so oh i I uh,
0: will trust me i'm loving every second of it. it is weird because i'm more worried about um the high school you know (laughs) rankings than i am the power (laughs) rankings that you guys were talking about before right yeah i'm on max preps 24 hours a day now yep
2: <laughs> yeah, they people asked me. They would say, "Would you rather have uh, your daughter's volleyball win- team win the state championship or the Browns win the Super Bowl?" And they got mad when I said it wasn't even a contest. I'd rather have her right. in, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> but that's right. that's yeah, no just doubt. being a dad. But, let, but let's talk about the Browns uh, real quick before we. And if you guys have questions, pop them in the chat. We will get to them. Uh, Emmett will stay uh, and answer your questions uh, for as long as we can get them here. Uh, just real quick. First of all. Uh, your overall thoughts on what transpired Sunday, the good, the bad, uh, how you think it looks going forward, and uh, what did you think happened at Arrowhead?
0: Uh, I mean, disappointed they lost, obviously. But, I mean, just watching them, we had a one-word Wednesday today, and we asked for one word to describe the Browns after week one. My one word was elite because they looked like an elite football team. Now, they didn't get it done, but even elite football teams lose from time to time, especially when they play other Uh, Elite football team. So it really was had fun watching the game. That's the other thing. Like Sundays are so different now because the games are enjoyable. So I enjoyed (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed watching the game. Um, Really disappointed that they couldn't, you know, bring it out in. You know what? They made mistakes against a great team and you can't make mistakes against great teams because that's how you get beat. The margin of error is microscopic when you get to the level um, that they are at and the level, you know, of the team they were playing against. So that's that's really what it came down to. You made a couple mistakes and it's tough to overcome those against great teams.
3: What do you, uh, you expect? What do you expect uh, moving forward? I mean... That offense looked good, man. <laughs> yeah, I think we're gonna yeah, really we're gonna good. put up a we're gonna put up a lot of points. Yeah, which what what, what I guess because it's so it's just so bizarre to talk like this because we all know what 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 we've been through mm. the, since '99. It's been a nightmare, right. and and you've been you know doing your show and covering it for about a decade now. It seems. Right. Um, has it been
0: a decade now since you've been? Yeah, uh, going on twelve. It feels years. like it.
3: Yeah, Yeah, going on twelve
0: years. Yeah, which I never thought I'd make it twelve years in radio. I wasn't sure I'd even get hired, right? Mm -hmm. When I was getting turned. But you know, (laughs) here we are. Um, but I mean I look, I expect the Browns to challenge for the division. Um, and I think they they're good enough to win it, and I expect them to at least go to the AFC championship game. Anything less, I'd be disappointed. Um I won't hit the Panic or alarm or, you know, say, well, you need to fire Kevin Stefanski or get rid of Baker. If they fall short, of that, I would never say either of those things. But that's what I expect of them. And not only because of the challenges, I think the world of Kevin Stefanski, you know, we can talk about Sunday. They came out ready to play mm-hmm. and they were hitting on all cylinders. And that's, to me, a reflection of the coach. So I, I expect a, a lot of fun this year. You know, I expect us to be celebrating a lot more than, um, than talking about losses on Monday. So I'm expecting a good season.
2: Yeah. Far less, uh, far less cursing on Sunday afternoons, at least in my household than, than, you know, 2016, 2017, there was, right. <laughs> she would, she, I would hear her behind me. Mommy, why is daddy yelling at the TV? Well, hey, he's a Browns fan. That's what they yeah. do. Uh, right. now we're yelling, but we're yelling other things. Uh, one guy I wanted to ask you about, uh, and we'll get, I know we'll get some questions from the chat because our chat is uh fantastic here um we were surprised at not what he did but how much anthony schwartz did on sunday we all thought i mean 4 two speed you can't teach that we all thought there would be a package for him but we thought it would be you know smaller and more specific Mm -hmm. and and that kind of stuff he seemed like the one of the regular rotation guys and and he proved that he was worthy of that were you as surprised as we were at how much uh that he was used this early as a rookie
0: no doubt and i think it it wasn't planned that way. I believe that the Browns thought Odell Beckham Jr. would be in that role, and then right before you know the game, he says, "I'm not feeling right. I can't go." I also believe that's one of the reasons why they just counted him out of the game this week, because they didn't want to practice and give those rep, you know, give those reps to him, and then game time. Oh, we got to switch now uh, to Schwartz. You know, to his credit, he did really good that first catch. <laughs> you could tell it was a A holy blank moment. I'm in the NFL because that (laughs) ball hit his hands and he started jumbling. And it was like, oh my god, I gotta catch this! Uh, But he caught it and he made some plays. You know, I I hear a lot of people heard. I was.
3: Oh, did we lose you, Emmett? We lost you for a minute. You froze up on it. There you are. There we go.
0: Yeah, there we go. Broke up there a little bit, but there yeah, we I was go. really You're impressed back. with what Shorts was. Yeah, I was impressed with what he was, what he was able to do because I'm sure he was kind of caught off guard by it. What's
3: um, when you say contended for the division, I mean, I, I would say everyone always asks like, what 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 what's the record going to be? Give us a record prediction. Do this. Me at the end of the day and. own our own fred greetham said it too is i I just want to win this damn division man right yeah whatever gets it done yeah i don't care if it's 10 wins gets it done i just win the damn division i want to see it 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 is mind-boggling when you truly think about it they've never won the north because the last time they won it was the central division when you think about it they've never won the north
0: it's wild As wild as it is, it makes a ton of sense because I know how bad the Browns have been <laughs> since they've been in the, since the AFC North's incarnation. Um, so you're right. That is crazy. But I understand why they didn't. You know, <laughs> but they got yeah. to look at it uh, this time. Obviously, Baltimore is going to be there. And uh, the Steelers, even on a down year, they're not going to be bad. You know, they just won't be as good as they've normally been. So, you know, I expect to see some good football in the AFC North this year. What do, Another, yeah. what, do you,
3: what do you guys think of this? Yeah. What do you guys think of this? Mac, Mac Wilson is because there's, a, there's some reports today. Mac Wilson is not feeling great. He's been a mm. little bit nicked up. Well, this crack the door for more JOK snaps. Who did not get many snaps. 25. Uh, yeah. 25, 25. Mm-hmm. I, I think. So what do you guys think? Emmett, we'll start with you, bud.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it will. Um, but also, it sounds like Kevin Stefanski wasn't overly excited about the way JOK played um, on Sunday. So, yeah. yeah it'll he open was kind up of the blunt the door about door that, wasn't he? Him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, it'll open up the door for him. But what does he do once that door is open is the big question. Yeah. yeah,
2: I think my thought would be what opens the door for more JOK snaps is JOK. You know, show yeah. the progress <laughs> in practice, improve yeah. your your eye your eye lines, improve your reads and reactions. You know, that's what opens up the door because, you know, we've said it a hundred times on this show, and I'm sure you would agree, Emmett. The one of the great thing, many great things about this coaching staff is. Whoever's the best guy is going to play. It doesn't matter if we drafted him, somebody else drafted him, if you're a first-round draft pick or a UDFA. They really don't care. It's very Belichick-esque. Whoever does the job the best is the guy that's on the field. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it does. It does. And this
3: is, you know, could be a little little bit of play here from Stefanski. I think so, maybe a little bit, a little bit, a little coach speak. I, I could see that. I could definitely see that it's gonna be. I'd like to see him. You know what? This might be a game where a lot of these rooks like uh, JOK LeCount. They might get some extra reps. Uh, I'm not. I I don't want to take the one and zero Texans lightly. But you know, this could be a this could be an opportunity. And Delpit too, as we talked earlier in the first hour, Steve. This could if, if hopefully Delpit's active. And again, I don't want him to rush him. You know, I don't want him to rush him or OBJ. But th- this this could be a good game to get some reps for Delpit, get some reps for JOK, get some reps for even LeCount. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, yeah,
2: especially wh- if they can run out to a big lead. I mean, if they can go yeah. up three touchdowns or something like that, that's when you put the rookies in because they're mistakes and they're going to make mistakes because that's what rookies do they won't cost you the game. Another guy I wanted to ask you about, Emmett, the other guy that everybody was most impressed with, well, I mean, other than Miles and, you know, the other new guy that everybody was most impressed yes. with was Malik McDowell, uh, yeah. highest-graded, uh, fourth-highest-graded in the league, I think the highest-graded defender on the team, all that kind of stuff was just impressive, especially after being away for so long. Your thoughts on Malik and what he could be go- moving forward?
0: I remember we talked to Andrew Barry shortly after he made that signing, and, you know, I asked him, I said, look, this isn't typically the kind of guy that you right. sign. Why did he make you feel comfortable, you know, to bring him in? And he said all the right things. He says a fair question. You know, he's worked and, and tried to, you know, do things to get his life back together. He also felt like the structure of football would be a tremendous help to him. And it has been, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can tell now it was, it's early, but look, all the way through camp. You just saw um, how well he played. He is a monster. And (laughs) as long as, you know, as long as he stays out the streets, so to speak, um, the sky's the limit for him. You know, you can, you know, Miles Garrett, he could be a great compliment to Miles Garrett on the interior, you know, of that line. So I'm super excited about him. I mean, you know, he could all be the the biggest signing that the Browns had as far as newcomers go, you know, this offseason.
3: Yeah, PFF had I believe PFF graded him as the Browns' top defensive player from Sunday, which is wild. Because here's the thing: he is a monster. You're not wrong. I mean, uh, and and not only has he played great this this preseason and through training camp, he was dominating in these yeah. preseason games. I noticed on the second series against Kansas City, he was already drawing double teams,
1: man.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the guy
3: hasn't yeah. the guy hasn't stepped on a football field in almost five years. It's 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 absolute lunacy um but the thing with him that just strikes me when i watch him on the field and I, I remember i remember i went i walked up to the tv i was watching with my dad and i i literally pointed the tv it was a it was a pretty wide shot of, of him standing next to clowny and we all know clowny's not a short dude right. i mean your boy was taller than him he <laughs> looks like a lean defensive end and he's playing d tackle it's absolute insanity yeah, Absolutely. when you whenever
0: you see a guard on skates, right? Just go <laughs> yeah. backwards and doing everything they can. You see a bunch of this, then you know like that's a strong individual pushing that guy backwards. Cause these are pro NFL linemen. They're strong, yep. they're big, they're heavy. And if you can handle one of them like that, like I said, sky's the limit. I, I'm hopefully he's around here in Cleveland for a long time because uh he's a lot it's a lot of fun watching him play.
2: Yeah, the question with him and thinking back to his draft cycle, it was never the physical gifts. He Everybody right, knew yeah. he was uber talented. It was the six inches between his ears. That's what the mm-hmm. question was when during his draft cycle, and it turned out to be his downfall in the short term. It certainly appears from everything that we said. Obviously, I've never hung out with the young man or been in the same room with him but from everything that we've seen it it looks like he has turned all that around and if he's firing on all cylinders mentally the sky is the limit for that guy like you said we have a a lot of interest in the linebacker position as you know uh it's Mm -hmm. one of the positions that just constantly comes up i personally think they're a little more set there for the long term than some people think but something interesting that happened yesterday and i wanted to get your take on it see if you had any insight on it jacob phillips Ah, uh, put something on his Instagram, and it was one of those vague social media <laughs> things that athletes do. But something yeah. about I'll be back in November, or I'm out till November. Some I can't remember what it was. Now, personally, I don't ever see. I've never seen a doctor say a guy comes back from a torn bicep in four months. So I would be astounded. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> did you see that? What do you think of that? Uh, have you heard anything more uh, from your contacts on that? What thoughts on Jacob Phillips coming back that quickly from a torn bicep?
0: Yeah, I'd be shocked if if that happened. And there's a song, I'll Be Gone to November. So maybe he was just <laughs> listening to that. You know, who knows?
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> who
0: knows? You know, uh, that's the fun thing about Twitter. is We get to kind of, you know, just speculate on everything that's put out there. Uh, I know he's a guy that the front office loves and really likes. Another, I mean, LSU guy who has had a problem staying healthy. I don't know what's in the water in Baton Rouge or what's going on. Um, but I, I'd, I'd be shocked if he is great, but even if he's back in November, I don't see him out there starting lineup, playing right. 50, 60 snaps or anything like that. If he does come back, um, I think it'll be, it'll, you know, take him a while until he's really going. And then we also saw the Browns waited, I believe before they put him on, um, IR. So mm-hmm. that means they felt like he could be back, you know, at some point this season. So that might be a little tip of the hat or tip of the hand. I guess I should say as well.
3: It's the, it's the fastest healing bicep I've, 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 I've ever. He's Wolverine, heard of. Right? <laughs> he Wolverine, yeah. right? I was like going to say he's a goddamn superhero. I well, don't want to move on, uh, go let's ahead, move go on to Steve. the Texans. Uh,
2: let's yeah, okay. uh, cause I know we only got you for a few more minutes here and we appreciate you taking time to uh, come on Twitch here with us. Um, they're one and zero. They rolled it up uh, last week. Obviously, the strength of opponent has to be taken into uh, account, and the entire situation from Urban on down in Jacksonville seems to be—and I'll be kind here—unsettled. Um, mm-hmm. So, you, you, it's a win in the NFL. You cannot take anything away from that. But. What do you see coming in? I think their offense uh, is similarly structured to the Ravens' offense—a dual-threat quarterback, a lot of RPOs. Obviously, he's not Lamar Jackson. That's not what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but this might be a good uh, warm-up test for the defense to see how they can and can't defend the Ravens for those back-to-back games in a in a couple of months. What are your thoughts on the as the Texans come
0: to town? So the you know the, I think the the difference between the Texans and the and the Jags was age, right? Like, the Jaguars are a bad football team. I think the Texans are a bad football team. I think it's fair to say that. Um, But the thing is, the Texans have a bunch of veterans. You know, they have guys that have played in the NFL and have been pretty good. A lot of them play for Browns, especially on the defensive side. But that's what I see. I see a veteran football team, you know, guys that have an opportunity and they're going to make the most out of it. So while I do think the Browns, Are gonna win this game? I think they should. I don't expect it to be forty six to you know seven or anything like that. It'd be great if it would, but they're a veteran ball team. And look, Tyrod Taylor—he was better than Baker Mayfield, but he was better than every other quarterback we had had since (laughs) ninety nine. You know, just perspective. Yeah. So you know, they they got a solid team, and I expect them to come out and throw everything they got at the Browns.
3: You. I think one man, one thing I want to see out of this game is I want to see, I kind of want to let Baker kind of let it loose a little bit. I think a lot of the chat's going to disagree with me. They're going to be like, let's run the ball down their throats. I kind of want to get, I I want, I, I want to let Baker loose. I just want to let him loose, have some fun, throw the ball around the yard and put up some points, put up some stats, all that fun stuff. What are you expecting? from Baker pretty pretty much because it's it's it, it, we can't stop talking about it they haven't signed him to the contract extension yet so I kind of just I, I want him to sign him yesterday um what are you expecting for Baker well. moving forward yeah. and, and and where oh I'm sorry oh yeah were you breaking up you good you good Emmett oh, I think he's I think he froze on us again Emmett golden. Did we lose him? I think so. I think we did. Ugh. Well,
2: hopefully he comes back. Uh, I, I'll take a crack be at it. I think that they're going to come out chucking the ball all over the yard again like they do. They, they want to throw to get the lead, and then they want to run Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt down people's throats. And I think that's what they're going to do. What I would like to see, and hopefully Emmett can come back, uh, he'll get uh, his connection restored, and we can uh, get his thoughts on this before we get out of here at the bottom of the hour. But – uh what i want to see is them uh close the door i want to see what they looked like they were getting ready to do before the back-to-back fumbles in kansas city i want to see them put their foot uh on their throat especially if they get a league a lead and just crush the life out of them. just put it away because you got to learn how to do that against mediocre and lower level teams uh, before you can do it against a team like the chiefs and so if you know let's say it goes the way we think it's going to and they're you know it's they put up three scores in the first half and then they're they're handing the ball to nick and he's running it down their throat in the second half like we they that's what they want to do i want to see them finish it i want to see yeah. them i want to see because we had how many games last year where they were oh. at 20 25 and then they had to recover an on so many at the end I mean including uh, including the divisional game to be honest. Right. I want to yeah. see them, you know, if they let's say they go up, uh, you know, 27 to 7 or something like that start of the fourth quarter. I want the final score to be 38 to 7. You there know, you or 38 to 10 or something <laughs> he like that. They want to be
3: I, stepping on throats.
2: That's what <laughs> I want to see them do. So, uh I think you're back now, Emmett. Uh, uh yeah. what do you expect from them on Sunday? What are you hoping to yeah, see?
0: Yeah, uh, I kind of expect them to stick to their script, you know, um They'll, they'll run the ball, they'll play action. Baker's going to, um, you know, let it fly, I'm, I'm sure of it. Um, but that's the best thing that they can do. If you don't want to, like, hey, let's try something new. Because right. that's how you end up in a dog fight, right, in the fourth quarter. Right. And you're like, whoa, man. So um, I expect a lot of the same. You know, I know Nick Chubb is going to run the ball. He's going to be angry. Uh, I expect Baker to be as good as he was, you know, through – Almost four full quarters with the exception of, you know, the last toss. Um, I'm I'm expecting them to roll. And I expect the defense to play better. I think the defense got kind of a raw deal last week. They were playing against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs are not, like, the Chiefs scored 33 points on everybody. Um, So (laughs) I expect the defense to look a lot better this week.
3: Wait, you don't, you mean Tyreek Hill and, and and Travis Kelsey be balling on everyone every week for for every game of the season? No. Believe it
0: or not. Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> Travis Kelsey is probably the greatest tight end in the history of the NFL, right? And <laughs> Pretty damn good. expected to shut him down, which was ridiculous. So, as um, like I said, I, I think the defense, we'll see a much better game against the defense, I think. Miles and Jadeveon, you know, they were chasing Mahomes a lot. I think they get the tie rod a few times uh, this week.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the the other thing, too. People are all over the defense. And, yeah, anytime you look just at 33 points and a loss, you think, oh, well, the defense didn't play well enough to win. Let's be honest. If not for the back-to-back fumbles from Nick and, and Jamie Gillen, defense did play well enough to win. And that's all you yeah. got to do against the Chiefs. If you're expecting the 85 Bears – Against the Chiefs to go out there and smother them to you know six points and ninety two total yards, you're you're setting yourself up. I mean, Miles had eight pressures, Clowney had four, the Malik's together had five. Uh, Joe Jackson had a sack. I mean, they mm-hmm. pressured Mahomes on almost half of his dropbacks. He's just Patrick Mahomes, and he's got right. elite yeah. weapons on the other end too. So when if if they get that same level of pressure, if they're pressuring Terod on forty four percent of his dropbacks. I would be very hard pressed to believe that the Houston Texans are going to, are going to put 33 points on the board.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> all <laughs> right.
3: Emma, give us a score prediction for Sunday. I'm actually going to be flying in from Vegas. I'm going to be attending this, this home opener. I'm looking forward to it. Give us a score prediction, man.
0: All right. I'm going to go 34, 14.
3: I like it. I yeah, flew all away at the way up to Vegas. I came all the way out from Vegas to see him whip that ass, thirty-four to fourteen. I'm here for it.
0: Yes, sir. All right.
3: Uh, right. um, Before we get you out of here, Emmett, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot. All right. Mm -hmm. We had a question in the chat. All right. (laughs) Said Emmett, can you please do a little bit of Morgan Freeman?
0: Freeman. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't done that in years. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't done it in years. Um, I used it's something I used to do when I would uh, do the Golden Boys. You know, yes. I would recopy, you know, you know, it was like cross country mortgage. They get it done, you know, <laughs> but I haven't done it in years. So it sounds terrible. Yes. It sounds absolutely no. terrible. No, no. <laughs> but, but I, I want, used to something I used to practice and it was part of the bit when we did the Golden Boys, but I haven't done it in years. So sorry for the crappy Morgan Freeman there.
3: Sounded good to me, man. You can narr- you can narr- narrate my life anytime, man. Perfect. <laughs> absolutely. Well,
2: before we get you out of here, like we always do, uh, go ahead, uh, pimp anything you want. Where can people find you? Where can they read you? Where can they hear you? All that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, go ahead. Pimp away, my friend.
0: Yeah. Uh, at the 80 on all social media uh, platforms. I try to keep it simple for everyone. You can check me out on the next level, three to five. 850 uh, ESPN Cleveland and during RBS next from noon to one uh, during the really big show. You can catch me there. My national show. I'm off for about two months until November and I'll be back uh, at it, you know, towards the end of November on ESPN radio on the weekends. Keep,
3: keep, keep grinding, my friend. Keep, you do, you do great work. You're do great work, man. You're an even better person. So I appreciate you coming on with us tonight.
0: Thanks for having me guys. I appreciate it. You got it, Emmett. Take it yeah, easy baby. brother. Yeah.
3: Emmett Golden guys, Emmett's a good dude, man. I followed and I followed him on Twitter for years. I've listened to him for years. Very entertaining, funny dude. Um and he does a decent Morgan Freeman
2: <laughs> well, we want to thank you guys again. Uh, thanks to the new followers, thanks to all the new subscriptions, thanks to those of you who gifted subscriptions, uh uh E. Gillen and OG Philly, and I think there was one more. It's uh flying off the top of my head right now. Yeah, alt uh,
3: 95. Thank you for alt gifting 10 subs today. Yes, 10, 10. thank you. Appreciate thank you so that, much
2: for all of those gifted subs, guys. Thank you for everyone for tuning in yet again. Uh tomorrow, seven o'clock OBR weekly with uh with uh, Fred and Barry. And uh, then we'll be back uh, when we I don't even know. I'm, it feels like I'm on every night now. Uh, oh, the no, draft I... show. Oh, I'm, I've got Sobo back for the draft show on Saturday morning. I just, just, yes. just confirmed with him. Our old friend at the OBR, Sobo, will be back Saturday morning uh, to prep you for some guys to watch for college football Saturday. And then, of course, the pre and post game uh, live from Old River Tap and Social on Sunday as we watch the Browns as you so eloquently put it, whoop that Texan ass on Sunday. Yes,
3: absolutely, brother. And I'll catch you guys. uh, I'm going to be taking a week off. I'm flying into the land on Friday. I'm very excited. It's been a long time. It's been years since I've actually been to a game. It's actually been years since I've been to Cleveland. Um, So I'm going to be flying in Friday and I'll be attending the home opener. I'll be tailgating in the pits. So If you see me walking around, say, Hey, and I'll say hi. And, and uh, yeah, but I'll, I'll be back next Wednesday, but I will be supporting you guys from my mobile phone. But guys, thank you guys so much for hanging out. Thanks so much again to Fred Greetham for joining us in hour one. And thanks to uh, our dude Emmett Golden from ESPN Cleveland, 850 WKNR. I hit those call letters pretty good. I'm just going to throw that out there. All right. See you guys tomorrow at 7 PM Eastern for OBR weekly thanks for hanging out guys go Browns baby